Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mirandas. This is season two of And Just Like That, episode five. And today, uh, Gilly's not here. Gilly is off gallivanting in Ireland, living out my normal people fantasy. So today I have a very special co-host, co-host my sister Catherine. Hello. <laughs> this is a little bit funny. We're sitting in my bed right now. We have the mic. We were testing it out. For those of you who don't know about the podcast, I do not do any of the editing. This is only Gilly, so she has tasked me with recording this, editing it, and uploading it. So we're going to see how this goes. Laura's making the little bird fly the nest. <laughs> yes. She's like, you only do those stupid Instagram stories that no one looks at, and she does all the work. So we're going to see how this goes. Um, so it may sound a little bit different, but we're excited. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to be here. And so for those of you who have listened to um, the our, what season did you come on? Because you've come on the podcast before. Yes. I came for the one, is it the one where Big said he was moving to Paris? Oh yeah, because you had that crazy relationship I had, yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, so that was season two-ish? I think so. Yeah. And season three? Mm, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think they, they were so up. Yeah. It was the, the, the original where she Break has up. the beret on. Yeah, oh, it was right, right before before she went into her John Bon Jovi phase. I hate saying this. I miss that Carrie. I miss that Carrie too. At least she was doing something. Well, she was more interesting to watch for sure. <laughs> she was more interesting to watch. So we, for those of you, a lot of people are not watching it just like that. And, and many people have told me they're watching it solely just to listen to our podcast, which is, I feel bad. I'm sorry. Should I apologize? Should I thank you? Um, Catherine, when I asked her to come on, had only seen one episode of season two. So her and her husband binged it on Thursday night before visiting us. She's there in Weehawken now. So Catherine got like four hours of and just like that in one sitting, which is a lot. That's... Yeah, I am definitely, I can confirm, I am one of the people who is only watching and Just Like That to keep up with the podcast. I'm a Miranda's fan and and Just Like That hostage. <laughs> um, so, and uh, binging the three episodes back to back did not make it better. Yeah, no. And I think, and when Catherine, we were having pizza last night, she was having some wine, we were talking about it. And she had a lot to say, and I kept saying, God damn it, save it for the pod. Gilly and I like to say that. We say, save it for the pod. Please, like, don't ruin this content. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So I think that's Sarah's way of warning you that if I'm not very funny, that I was funny last <laughs> night. <laughs> she was funny last night. And also, I mean, I went, after we, we went upstairs, um, you went to bed, I told, I was like, I can't really rally with you in conversation. The things you were saying were so smart and funny. And I kept calling it this, ha yeah. <laughs> That's not true. That's it's not true. true. I, every time I was like, I, I was using so many filler words and I was getting so nervous. My my sister's incredibly smart and um, it's a little bit hard to rally sometimes. Oh, in a, man. In, in, I come in, on the pod all the time. A, in an intellectual conversation about and just like that, I was stupefied. I am a cultural critic. You are a cultural critic. Should, so, we, should we get into it? Oh, is that what we say? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into it. I'm gonna we do... didn't say the name of the episode. I'm like waiting for my I my don't cue. remember the name of the episode. I'm calling it Trick or Treat. I think that's what it's called. Well, Trick I think... Trick or Treat. Yeah. Okay. So this is season two, episode five. Um, quick recap. Oh, God. It's... Oh, actually, I get it. Trick or Treat because it's a Halloween episode, but it was also like mistaken first impression. Is it a trick or a treat? Oh, Wow. Maybe the writing is good after all. Well, I think they're at least trying to get back to having some kind of structure. <laughs> that is true. The pun. So in this episode, we start off and the girls are attending a Halloween party. We can call this the Halloween episode, like a freaking sitcom. The girls are going, um, Carrie is dressed up as the historical like Cosmo writer girl. Yeah, magazine. Helen Gurley Brown. Helen Gurley Brown. Miranda, Which was pretty good. It was a nice costume. Miranda's not dressed up, dressed up at all. I mentioned this Charlotte and Harry being dressed up as the people from from the Americans. From the Americans. Did which, you watch the Americans? I did not. I so this was clearly a joke that definitely worked in the writers' room, where it was going to be Harry and Charlotte having a costume that only made sense to them, and having that sort of running gag of, "Why don't don't people think this is funny? This was super popular," which I kind of liked, mm-hmm. but it was also clearly like, the just like that writers being like, "We watch highbrow television." <laughs> 
And um, and we make highbrow television. And then, I mean, but the, and also I think they really wanted Harry in a wig. Yeah, I think someone saw, I don't know the actor who plays Harry's name. I don't name. remember his name. Someone clearly saw him in a wig at some point and was like, we need to find a way to make this on the show. <laughs> and, it, and because the thing is, the wig comes back in the episode. It's the entire it's, supporting structure of the next part of the plot. <laughs> this goddamn wig. Anyway. Oh yeah, do your summary, sorry. So. Anyway, throughout this Halloween party, this then leads uh, the single ladies, Seema, Nye, and Carrie, to discuss going to a five-star hotel bar to pick up men. This then leads Miranda throughout this episode to, um, again, exploring her relationship with Che. There's this conflict. She They're on different, different sleep schedule. Miranda has to get up early to go to Brooklyn to make Brady breakfast, okay? And Che stays up late smoking weed and playing video games with their friends. We don't know what kind of relationship this is at this point. And so we have that kind of conflict between Che and Miranda in this episode that comes to a head at the end in which we don't know if they broke up. We know they're maybe on a break, not seeing each other. Miranda is going to be moving in with Naya, her law professor, Okay, <laughs> again, this writing. And then we have Charlotte and Harry. Rock was going to become a Ralph Lauren polo model, and Charlotte was very supportive, and Harry was very questioning, acting as if he was a spy, tying in that American plotline. And Carrie has a love interest in this episode. She has a very interesting meet cute while standing in a bike line, bike, bike, bike lane. The cyclist falls over. They then, um, get together in the episode. And then we also have Seema, because there's, there's so many characters now. Seema ends up meeting a guy at the hotel bar who uses a penis pump. And that was the only plot line that felt like kind of the original Sex and the City. So which one do you think we should get into first? Oh, there's so much to talk about here. <laughs> so much to talk um, I think talking about Seema and Carrie together. Okay. Because I think structurally this was the first episode and I think it's been moving toward this progressively over this season that felt more like at least the tone of the old sex in the city there was sort of a unifying theme this mistaken first impressions um I thought there so when they were at the Halloween party they were talking about where to go to meet single men and uh Naya was in this tight uh Catwoman costume that looked very sexy and she's like oh it's totally wasted on all the like Mm -hmm. prep school dads who are here and Seema said oh you don't meet men at this Halloween party I'll take you like where all the single men are and Miranda Carrie and Naya did kind of a little riff on where single men would be um I think they said a sports bar, um, a oh, a sperm bank, a monastery, and uh, a Marvel movie. Yeah. So it had that kind of quippy... Repartee. Like, rep- yeah, exactly. That repartee that you would have had around the old, like, cafe table where they used to sit. Mm-hmm. So that felt nice. Um, and then they, you know, segue into actually being at the bar and meeting men. Um, and Seema's whole trajectory with this guy who uses the penis pump felt very old Sex and the City. Yes. Where, like... Um, you, you remember when Carrie wrote her book and she got that Mashiko Kakatani review where they said the the f- friendships or shoes or whatever it is is fabulous and the men are disposable. Yeah. And this went back to that where it's yeah. like a man kind of in and out. And Carrie had the same thing, similar to how she was in her like 30s on Sex and the City where she just has a one episode relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see that again. That same that familiar structure. And the, the plot line with Seema it's like that idea that men are disposable and particularly when it comes to like a sexual ick. People use that term ick now, something that really turns them off. And and Seema is talking about women of a certain age having to kind of ignore some of those icks and be like, well, what can I expect at this age? This guy, he's hooking up with Seema and he very vulnerably and openly says, like, I sometimes suffer from ED and he gets out a penis pump. And I'm very curious, Catherine. How would you feel if the first time you slept with someone, they brought out a penis pump? Not barring any disability I mean, in which they needed it. I just, like, part of it's coming out as a, as a person. Some of it is as a physician. I'm like, have you tried Viagra? <laughs> it's very popular. <laughs> you can get it in the mail now. <laughs> and I just feel like putting a suction cup on your penis and, I mean... It just sounds uncomfortable. I know, I know. And then so they have battery operated, like they have surgical implants where you can just get a little why rise. I know. Yeah. So Seema was 
I thought this was an interesting part of her character that she was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. Mm-hmm. He seems fine. I like how she describes it. We had like a half an hour of great foreplay and like B, B, B plus sex. sex. She's like, that's fine. And she's like kind of accepting. I thought that was an interesting perspective. But at the end, um, this is similar to old sex in the city. The girl kind of acquiesces and like, okay, I'll accept this like weird sexual thing. I'm not sure if I like it. And then when she ends up, they end up having sex. She's not really coming. So she grabs her vibrator and starts using her vibrator. And he is so appalled and so offended and says it's so rude. And so he stomps out like a baby. And his whole line is, uh, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not very cool <laughs> i know so um again kind of old sex in the city i thought it was a funny plot point um seema was more likable in this um seema has and i mean it's no like coincidence that her name sounds so similar to samantha because she's supposed to be the samantha character she has that up for anything vibe that samantha had which is you go home with a guy he whips out a penis pump she's not like okay I'm gonna leave she tries it out and it's like maybe I can make this work um I think there's a tinge of desperation or um like settling that comes into that which Mm -hmm. is like okay well this is the best you can get when you're my age is some guy with Mm -hmm. a penis pump giving me b plus sex but I like that she tries things yeah I, I I agree um I think I've I'm starting to like her character a little bit more and then you get, um, who else is the other character? LTW? LTW in this in this episode. Oh, who... I was thinking for Carrie, because then she has her, like, like, Seema has the trajectory where she has this relationship that oh, ends yeah, up being yeah. very, like, disposable um, because of the penis pump. And then I also, I guess, just, I don't understand how Seema has had, it has to be a couple of sexual encounters with this guy at this point, that they have, like, a standing whatever date. And she whips out the vibrator, and he's so offended. I get saying, okay, the penis pump is not a deal breaker. Why are we calling it B plus sex if she's not even having an orgasm? That tells me. That's a D. Well, that that's also like, what? yeah, what kind of sex have you been having? Yeah. And that was the part that just didn't feel like, it was like there has to be a range between Seema chucking out this guy because he's not giving her an orgasm, which is totally reasonable, versus Carrie, who I think was overly picky in this episode. It, oh, yes. So you had a lot to say about Carrie, but more importantly, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. And I actually, at one point last night, I was like, you know what, Catherine? I think what we're going to do is I'm just going to say, here's 10 minutes and you can eviscerate this show and all the people who have made it. Because I asked, I'm like, Kevin, can you find anything good about it? And you had a lot of interesting um, points about Sarah Jessica Parker in particular. Yeah. Do you want to maybe dive into that a little bit? I feel really bad because Sarah did ask me last night, just do you have anything positive to say? And I don't want to just shit on someone. No, you said like, I'm struggling, work, but I, I am struggling. Um, I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker is no longer playing Carrie Bradshaw. She is using and just like that as a vehicle to rewrite or apologize for the old sex in the city and using Carrie as like a self-insert for Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this woman who only read Vogue magazine, who had no idea what was going on in politics, is wearing her glasses and her long hair and her serious expression with her like stacks of books from Random House behind her. And when you look at like what's there, they're all like, you know, new New York Times bestsellers and indie books and stuff like that. She... Plays Wordle. Never has a hair out of place. She plays Wordle. She's relatable. She's not making funny comments. She's not making insulting comments because (laughs) Sarah Jessica Parker can't be seen to do that. But Carrie was wildly offensive and inappropriate. And she plays this whole episode like, oh my God, I'm a New Yorker. I would never stand in the bike lane. Oh my gosh, I'm such a pushover. I walked with this guy to urgent care. Carrie wasn't a pushover. It wouldn't have occurred to Carrie to apologize to someone. That's true. Yeah. Like, maybe this represents 20 years of personal growth that occurred during her relationship with Big, but I have a hard time believing that Carrie Bradshaw and John Preston, whatever his name was, in their billion-dollar apartment were like, you know what? Let's talk about the plight of the everyman. (laughs) Like, they're not showing their work with the personal growth. So you believe that her marrying John, having millions of dollars, living this probably a very nice lifestyle Mm -hmm. it didn't make her closer to being more of a new yorker it made her more made her a certain kind of new yorker a a very specific kind of new yorker unconcerned by 
race, class. Yeah, I guess it just it just doesn't seem to ring true to her character arc that all of a sudden she's, I'm going to sit with you at urgent care and help you fill in, you know, the forms and I'm going to bring soup to your house. She was never that person. Everything that she did was kind of selfishly motivated. And great if you want to show character development, but they haven't proven any of that. Exactly. You, like, you're not a good person just because you're a widow. Oh. So... And I just feel like Sarah Jessica Parker, and it was it was always the case. Everybody else was having kind of raunchy sex and nudity and awkward interactions. And she was always clothed, always covered. In her the, contract. Yeah. Yes. And the very few times you saw her sort of naked and vulnerable, it was steamy and with big and mm-hmm. sort of a big moment. Like, no pun intended. But now, I mean, she is literally covered up head to toe in every scene. Mm-hmm. She is, I mean, certainly age appropriate, certainly styled well. She's not taking any risks. She's not taking any risks with her style. She's not taking any risks with her face. And she's not taking any risks with her character. You're absolutely it's boring. Right. It is boring. And she was the the highlight of the show in yeah. a lot of ways. And because she was super interesting and... and so, and watching her pull a face. I know. Like that old episode where she was like the bridesmaid in, mm-hmm. you know, Samantha or Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte's wedding. wedding where she has like the, yeah. like pulling her lip the to the side. Sex, yeah. yeah. Or um, when, you know, Nina Katz was talking to her about breaking up with Aiden and like she was making that face back at her. She had this really great plastic expression and she was funny. And now everything is stoic. Everything is beige. Now, my, I'm wondering, let's just to devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. do you think after the loss of her husband, the grief has changed her? I, that she's now like not unbothered by little things? Maybe. And, and, may, and maybe that's it. And maybe that's the show that they want to sell. It's just not an interesting one to watch. But, well said. But I also think that the trouble with, the character arcs and the histories of the character not being characters being honored is not just Carrie. This is the other characters. Yeah, I think now I think it's just the writing. Right. And then it's sort of like in this episode, you have Carrie back in a very familiar situation, which is she's dating some guy that she meets. I can't even call it a meet cute because honestly, both of them were such assholes, right? She's standing in the bike lane in New York. Okay, yes, that's a faux pas. There's a cyclist coming at her. For a block, he's yelling, I'm coming. (laughs) And in no way attempts to break, <laughs> wipes out and is yelling at her that he broke his wrist. And I kind of looked at Ollie, I'm like, because we were watching it together. I'm like, I don't, you don't go to urgent care for this. Get an ace bandage at Dwayne Reed and suck it the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, first of the fall was ridiculous. Any person in New York knows, like, the cyclists are going to, you got to get out of their way. But cyclists also, but he cyc- could have stopped. He had so much room to break. I How honestly, fast was he going? It was an electric bike. I, the other day, saw a woman who was walking across the sidewalk get hit by a bicycle. Oh, my God. Like, smack on. They both went flying. I stopped my car. Neither, both of them refused to go to the hospital. I know. Yeah. This guy is being walked by a stranger to urgent care because he couldn't break. <laughs> so I'm already a little bit like suspicious of him. But then he takes off his helmet and he's, I can't remember the name of the I actor. forgot, but he's handsome. He's, he's so tall, handsome. He's handsome. He plays a character called Charles on the show Younger, a better show. And I was like, this is going to be good. Yeah. Like they're going to have something. And she now has this dynamic where they're building a little bit of banter. I like it how they got to know each other in the thing. Like, what's yeah. your name? Partner. She's like, oh, she thinks he's gay. Yeah. No, his work partner. Right. She thinks he's a good bicyclist. He's not. She thinks he's gay. He's not. She thinks he's poor. Oh, turns out when he, she goes You're to his a fabulous goal. Right. And it had a little bit of vibes of the old like jazz man where he had kind of this ADHD personality. Yeah. But in the end... The reason she leaves is they're having this hookup and his business partner calls and it's the second time that mm-hmm. like a moment between them is being interrupted by him. And she's like, oh, you're actually in a relationship with your business partner. Like this is a kind <laughs> of marriage. Wife. Yeah. And so she leaves and I'm like, okay, that might be too picky. <laughs> First, it was so rude. It was so rude. And also, this guy has said multiple times that he's working on this incredibly important deck this deal and the partner's saying and you're that that's that's my carry tracker you yes. you were so self-involved that you're like wow in this moment before this deadline he can't give me his full attention so i'm gonna leave him she's so like self-involved that he can't have a relationship with a business partner <sighs> 
It just felt like it was like like it's can- it's cotton candy, right? It is so I know. thin, and I know. in some ways, great. That's like the original concept, but in other ways, I'm like, okay, you're in your 50s. Seam is in her 50s. There has to be a spectrum of like, okay, maybe don't tolerate the penis pump and the no orgasm, but maybe tolerate a business phone call. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, unless you want to die alone. Yeah. And then, well, what do you think about Miranda tolerating Che? Okay. So that's exactly the perfect segue, right? Which yeah. is like, she in like some ways could take a page out of Carrie's book here. <laughs> Tol- tolerate less. Okay. So we, as the Mirandas, and you are the original Miranda. Hardcore. And there was a reason why. Miranda was, like, we, we now know the hero of Sex in the City. Absolutely. And now... What happened? It's she's not even the villain; she's the victim. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard as as a Miranda. It's very hard to watch this and be like, "Is this my future? <laughs> Is this what I have to look forward to?" You are like so successful and smart and sarcastic and sexy, and now you're just a wet blanket. I know. I'm hoping that the writers were leading up to this moment. That it's like a here, like she's fallen down. We're going to watch her get back up. She's not going to put up with shit from Che. Maybe get back together with Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't know. But yeah, the character of, similar to what you said earlier about Carrie's, like they're not really honoring Carrie as a character, even if she's done all this personal development. Like how much does your personality really change? Like yeah. selfish people kind of stay selfish. Yes. I think Miranda, like smart, capable people don't automatically become like whimpering idiots who don't know how to like use a phone. That's the part that I don't understand. And I just, I look at Miranda and it's the hardest thing for me across all the episodes. It's not specific to this, but you have this woman who is like Ivy League educated, lawyer, NPR listening, had a BlackBerry when none of those people had a cell phone. She can't turn her fucking ringer off on her Android. All of a sudden, she's pretending she gave up her whole life to be this wife and mother. She was like in her late 30s when she finally agreed to marry Steve and do a little bit of parenting for her child. She did not miss out on having a sex life. She had sex with everybody. Yeah. And I applaud her for that. And now it's almost like she said, oh, I am queer. And her entire personality got erased. Yes. It's not fun to watch. It's just no one wants to watch someone be a victim, be a doormat. And the most generous interpretation that I can come up with is they are putting her in the position that Carrie always was with Big that Miranda didn't have empathy for. Mm. But Che is worse than Big. Because Che sucks and so does the sex. Well, or at least with Carrie and Big, the sex was hot. Well, that's the thing. Carrie and Big, Sarah Jessica Parker and Chris, Chris Knopf, they had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. They had great chemistry. They flirted. They There was a reason to watch. Even if he was an asshole, you're like, well, I'm kind of rooting for the asshole. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Che, not so much. But then we've talked about this. Is it just are, is Che just not the audience for us? Exactly. Are we not the audience for Che? Is this just not for me? And I think of it like, I, my sort of metaphor for it is like, People liked Beyonce when she was putting out her album, like Beyonce, or when she was in Destiny's Child. And then when Formation came out, a lot of people were like, oh, this is too political. I'm Mm -hmm. not into it. Why are we doing like Black Lives Matter stuff, whatever? And I'm like, well, maybe this isn't for you. I'm still into it. It's not (laughs) for me. But I'm watching it just like that. And I'm so, am I trying to make it Sex in the City? Am I trying to make it something else that I would like to watch? Is it just too dated? Maybe this just isn't for me. And maybe for someone 20 years older than me, this resonates. Yeah. But I just think, I think they're trying to do too much and they're not doing anything well. Yes. The, the writing is bad. And there was my dad, um, our dad, recently sent me an article from The New Yorker, one of the the, the jokey, what are, what are those ones called? Like, uh, like Shouts and Murmurs? Yeah. Or, yeah. And it was alternate plot lines for And Just Like That. And they are as boring as the show. It's like Carrie lost her credit card. Um, LTW's son forgot his shoes at camp and she has to express mail them. <laughs> and it, it's that boring. And then I think like, well, maybe in your 50s with kids, life is kind of boring. And I don't think we need to make a show about it or we or it can just be complete fantasy and you mentioned this last night they're mixing like froth and fantasy yeah where um do you want to touch on that yeah I mean this is like a high octane you know multiple thousands like I don't know it's so much privilege right the whole world is dripped in 
amazing fashion, amazing access, celebrity sightings, amazing meals, but integrated into it, you have this, we're going to deal with race Mm -hmm. and we're going to deal with gender identity and we're going to deal with grief. And it just feels like the wrong blend. Like they're putting like a cashmere sweater with like, track pants yeah and we've never and the show has never really wanted to acknowledge the financial privilege that's in the show because it's what makes the show fun to watch people don't want to watch just normal people who make you know average incomes just exist and carrie being poor as a writer was was talked about Mm -hmm. her finances were talked about it really was but the the privilege of the people on the show now it's almost like they can't touch that privileged class because they belong to it well and i just like I think it's okay, like, that they existed in a world of privilege. That's fine. That's the show that I'm watching. I think there's things to criticize about it, but I don't think everyone who has privilege needs to go around apologizing for it all the time. Yes. It is not fun to watch someone sort of, like, self-flagellate for being privileged. No one wants that. Yeah. But at least the economics of the old, like, episodes made sense, where it's like, I didn't understand how Carrie paid for her apartment. Fine. But, like... It's rent controlled. She occasionally gets these jobs. She's in media. I think a lot of her stuff is like gifted or free. Whatever. Fine. Charlotte's economics made sense. Not as a gallery girl, but with her like, um, oh, what's the word? No. Yeah. Like what? Like uh, what? Like alimony from mm-hmm. her divorce and the apartment and all that. Okay. Fine. Harry's a divorce lawyer. There's more money. Um, Samantha, big PR thing. Again, maybe weren't getting paid quite that, but made sense. Miranda's a lawyer. She's saved. She bought her own apartment. Now, Miranda is a law student, question mark. Haven't seen her go to class since last season. I thought she dropped out. I don't know what this whole, like, I'm commuting from Brooklyn to Well, she was an alcoholic, right? Well, well, and and she, like, is only sometimes an alcoholic, right? She's, like, going to AA, but she also dates Che, who is stoned all the time and just pouring out liquor with her bartender, their bartender ex-husband. Yep. It's crazy. It feels like a toxic environment. It does. Oh, yeah, Miranda, get out of there. And I just like, I I think the hardest part is I just don't understand the appeal of Che. And then I sit mm-hmm. there feeling uncomfortable because if I'm uncomfortable with Che, am I uncomfortable with trans people? Do I, I need to like fix something in myself? Or am I just uncomfortable with badly written characters? Yes, and I think we've, this is where where Gilly and I, we really struggle because no one wants to come off as homophobic. P- good intention people can be homophobic. Mm-hmm. They don't, I don't, that's not our intent here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's also, Che is not a likable character. No. And in the, but there are pockets of empathy that I, that the show has kind of op- opened up and where, you know, you had that scene where they couldn't fit into their pants, mm-hmm. their stomach hangover, like everyone could relate to that. This, this, there's a part in this episode where they do a focus group for Che's new show and Che's behind the scene listening to it and people love Tony Danza. Again, Tony Danza is getting great press on this show. And for Che, Che is the biggest problem on the show. And there's a non-binary person in the focus group who says like, it was a, it was like a joke. This person is a joke of our existence. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was a walking Some, dad joke. like boomer dad joke. Yeah, yeah. And you see Che's face and just the, like there's real emotion and write like that writing was really powerful mm-hmm. um and there's a ton of great emotional scenes between Che and Miranda I think that's the thing though I think <sighs> I think Che as themselves has emotional scenes and has some emotional range but Che when they're around Miranda are kind of a narcissistic not like an emotional abuser, but kind of like it's like the Jonah Hill texts, like, oh, yeah, kind of uses like therapy language and them centric language to really put Miranda down. Yeah, they're always making Miranda feel bad about herself or feel less fun, or yeah, but like, I'm like you dragged her into this dynamic, yeah, and everything I feel like the the whole focus group scene, they, I think they cherry picked the criticism people have been levying on like Instagram comments, (laughs) like every criticism of it. Like it was such a meta scene to watch. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So you wanted to do a focus group for uh, Che Pasa, but not for in just like that. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. Because you would have gotten this feedback before the Miranda's had to give it to you. Yeah. It's like, what did, did, did in just like that do a focus group? We don't think so. We just think it was a lot of people who are like, let's get back together and do a show. Also, I don't know what focus group invites the person who's the subject of the focus group to hear the feedback real time. That's emotionally abusive. <laughs> yeah. 
I did feel bad for Che in that moment. Oh, it, it was, was, it really was awful. It was so brutal. And and they make the really good point that, you know, the call is coming from inside the house. They're being criticized by a d- genderqueer person from Brooklyn. It's not like all the, like, Oklahomites that they pulled out of Times Square who are like, I'm uncomfortable with trans people. There's a trans person saying, I'm uncomfortable with how you're portraying yourself. But the spillover from that is classic Big and Carrie, which is that Che, while trying to emotionally process this, kicks Miranda out, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, throughout the episode, they're on different sleep cycles. You're seeing the tension slowly rise between them, and it comes to this breaking point in which Che is feeling, they're feeling emotionally um what protective vulnerable what is it vulnerable attacked um open and wounded and needing to push miranda away and we what we'd really hope is that miranda would be at a point in her life in which she wouldn't be accepting of these unhealthy dynamics in relationship and gilly and i've talked about you know is this kind of teenage-esque relationship supposed to be because this is her first queer relationship Mm -hmm. and it's not it's like new rules for Miranda, so she's not exactly sure how to act. So mm-hmm. you act a little bit young and immature. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really curious where we still have no idea if the writers are rooting for Che and Miranda. We don't know. I, that scene was so hard to watch because Che is talking about the focus group. First of all, speaking of economics, Che bought this apartment overlooking. It's like in the Hudson Yard did she buy it? area. Did, sorry, did they buy it or was it renting? Do we know? I thought I thought they bought it because they were saying, how am I going to pay for this apartment now? Yeah, because it was renting. I like, thought, who cares? I, yeah. It, either way, you filmed a pilot. I know. You didn't have a season picked up and you bought an apartment. You have bad judgment. And Tur- you know in Hudson Yard, those apartments are so expensive. I, I, that's you're crazy. pretending to be 46 years old. And you have no idea how your industry works. So that is just like embarrassing. But then is saying, you know, these emotional things about the feedback that they got about their show. um, And Miranda is kind of giving this, I mean, you you and Laura talked about this before, toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. That was that embodied. You're going to be great. You're going to get out of this. This is going to get picked up. It's going to turn around. Even if it doesn't get picked up, you're going to make something better. Mm -hmm. Do we remember back when Miranda ever gave a pep talk like that to Steve? Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, she would kick him in the nuts. And be like... And give him, like, kind of the, like... Dose of reality? Well, yeah. And the and the inspiration he needed to, like, not get a weird fake testicle or to open a bar or to, you know, remember when I make the jump shot for the Knicks and she would kind of put him down. And... I think, again, the generous interpretation is, oh, this is Miranda as her authentic self and in love. Mm. So she is kinder and supportive and all of that. But I feel like this is Miranda with blinders on. And I no longer, yeah. I guess I no longer feel like a Miranda. Because, know. you know, and for better or for worse, that's not how I talk to my husband. It's not how I talk to the people I love. Because I think that loving someone requires you to be honest. And I don't think Miranda's being honest with herself. I wonder if Miranda is so excited by this new sexual connection that she's so terrified of losing it of being honest and this whole thing throughout this the series so far Miranda has not been able to find her voice Brady mm-hmm. calls her out in the last episode like this is not Miranda mm-hmm. this is not my mom she's mm-hmm. not like this she mm-hmm. can't talk to Steve I do believe this is coming to a breaking point in 100%. which Miranda is going to find some sense of freedom yeah but this wilting flower thing oh I couldn't possibly say that Steve like I blew us up I did whatever okay yeah people get divorced and people get divorced because people change or they discover that they're queer or lesbian by whatever it is. I I also think my problem with this is that Miranda doesn't seem like a lesbian. She seems like someone who's just like dickmatized by Che. Dickmatized by Che. And I think this was like the first orgasm she'd had in like five or six years. And she followed that finger all the way to Los Angeles <laughs> trying to get some more. And... Even though I'm watching it and I just feel nothing for there's mm-hmm. like it just seems like there's no chemistry there. She's like chasing that original feeling of like release. And yeah. That's what you do when you're 18, 19, 20 and stupid. Yeah. Uh I don't think you watch the trailer for next week. I don't. So I love the trailers. And in the trailer, Miranda and Steve have this kind of 
confrontation about who's going to move out because Miranda's like hey have you found a place yet and he's like I'm not leaving this is my home yeah what do you think about this uh, I'm so torn the brownstone is tough they've been married for how many years 20 they've, years they've been married for a long it's an equal time. partnership they're equal partnership however Miranda was always the primary breadwinner um like mm-hmm. they mentioned scout a few episodes ago with like Steve maybe trying to live closer to that I don't know how that bar is doing is Aiden still involved I don't know <laughs> who's funding this project they went through COVID. Did the bar not close? Like, I, I got a lot of questions. Steve is a bit of a hanger on there. So if, you know. They also bought the Brooklyn Brownstone in early 2000s. Sure. There's probably a lot of equity in that home. There's probably equity in that home. They bought it together. Maybe they need to sell it. Maybe Steve is owed certain things from Miranda. Like, I don't I don't understand their financials. I, I know. And, and this is where I, I, I'm. Miranda doesn't seem to be working. Like, what's going on? Maybe Steve is the breadwinner at this point. I, You know, she's not a lawyer and she's not a law student. She's. You know, I know. I for some not reason, a girl, not yet a woman. Someone owning a Brooklyn brownstone is just such like a fantasy. And then I, I, I really would like to sit down and have them actually. If you want to talk about like the boring shit in their life, yeah. you know, you got all these like boring plot points. Let's talk about something interesting with the finances of the home. Well, I'd also like to talk about the room setup. Why is she sleeping on the couch? It's a Brooklyn brownstone. There are at least two bedrooms. Yeah. So Brady has one. They have one. Fine. There's a third room there somewhere. I, that did not make sense to me. No. I do like the the home. I think the home looks really nice. Yeah, I thought I thought it looked nice too. It was cute with like the Halloween decorations. Yeah, and I but that was also oh, do you want to help me carve a pumpkin? Why is Miranda Charlotte? She's like pretending to be someone that she's Some, like not. domestic goddess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I think when oh Brady makes some quip like like the scare the house isn't scary enough the way it is, and she yeah. goes oh ouch and pretends to stab herself on the fork. I have a child. Granted, he's 16 months, not 16 years old, but I just don't see us ever talking like that. Like, she's like kind of like, not fake flirting, but like, oh, haha, I'm going <laughs> to laugh at your not funny joke. Maybe that is what parents do with their 16-year-old boys. I don't know. I think it seems Miranda sad. walks around with a heavy sense of guilt and is so worried about stepping on anyone else's toes because she stepped away. And so it becomes this walking on eggshells, making sure, oh, you told a joke that kind of makes me feel angry, so now I'm just going to laugh at it and pretend to stab myself with a you know fork. I guess. I just, I don't know. And and maybe that is what the show has constructed, is that she has just so lost herself that she is now someone who walks around on eggshells, can't talk to Steve, can't talk to her son, can't find her career. And and that's what we were missing in the 20 years between, I keep saying 20 years, maybe like 15 years, between, you know, the Abu season Dhabi. finale. <laughs> I, I can't even, I, I think those existed in alternate universe, all right? Yeah, this is like, this is like string theory. We don't talk about We movies. don't talk about Abu Dhabi. <laughs> But like, you know, between the end of season six and now, but it's, I I guess it's just not a story that I'm that interested in watching. No, we're not. Um, Speaking of, of um, stories that are not interesting to watch, which is most of the show and the, the characters, Charlotte and Harry's, I, there's not really much to talk about. It's an escapade. It was like such a, it's every... Honestly, it's every Charlotte and Samantha plot line that they had back in the beginning where they're like, this was kind of a nothing story while Here. like Carrie has yeah. like some, you know, crazy date. Or Miranda has like a bad date and Carrie has some big, you know, or Aiden bullshit. Um, I don't know. There's not much to go after. If there's not much to go after there. Charlotte seemed the most authentic. It was the first time I've seen Kristen Davis having a little bit of fun. And having some range in her acting because her acting is bad. I mean, I think that her acting, I can't tell if she is so self-conscious that she mm. can no longer act or if being Charlotte really relied upon facial muscles that she can't move anymore. Mm. You know? Yeah, not being able to emote is difficult. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm just because we've talked about a lot on the, on the show, on the podcast, that this show is kind of seasonless and now we have like next week is the winter episode, yeah. the winter storm. And they've definitely had like weather on the show, but this was the Halloween episode. I'm really curious, whose Halloween costume approach did you most identify with? So we have Miranda not showing up with a costume other than like a red nose. Mm-hmm. Um, Char- Charlotte, who goes as something kind of that people aren't going to understand, but mm-hmm. like you get it. Mm-hmm. Or LTW going absolutely all out. Yeah. I I most identify with Miranda's approach, honestly, not coming in a costume because I get really bad decision paralysis about how I find Halloween very stressful. 
Because I love the idea of wearing something amazing or I have a really specific idea in my head of how to make it look Mm -hmm. like X character and then it really falls apart in the execution. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go with anything. And then you just kind of like – I literally end up like in a black, you know, dress and a hat. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a witch. I'm not even a sexy witch. I'm just like a witch. When I was watching this, I was thinking that this would have been good for Gilly to talk about because for those of you who don't know, Gilly is the queen of Halloween. I could tell. In college, she dressed up as Carrie and had blood all over her. Carrie, post blood being um, dripped on, she dressed up once as death by tangled headphones and the headphones were strangled around her as giant headphones. So yeah, I think... Uh, what's it? Gilly would probably be like the LTW, but it's totally more, LTW. more cre- cre- unique. Um, I like Halloween. Sarah is underselling herself here because Sarah is also really good at Halloween. I'm I'm okay, and Halloween. she's good, especially when she's paired with Laura and you go as, as like Archie and Veronica with the beheaded Archie, this, Not, or Betty and Veronica. We did Betty and Veronica after we decided to kill Archie for like fucking with us yeah. too much and just carrying around like an Archie head that and a knife. Fun. That was but, really good. But that was all Gilly though. But you participated. I did. But and you went, and good. when you went as Tina from Bob's Burgers, that was fucking funny. That was good. I also dressed up as the guy from Arrest Development. The oh the blue man. I did. Yeah I did yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, you did, um, one year you were going to, so I think what, what Sarah, so Sarah and I used to live together in New York and obviously she's my sister, so I know all of this. Yeah. Um, but Sarah at some point between, uh, 20 and 23 transitioned from trying to have a sexy costume to trying to having a funny costume. Yes. And I think it was an important move for you. Yes. Well, college, um, I wanted to look very fuckable and yes. have my Halloween costumes and a lot well, of, you know, and you know how I know that. Why? Uh, so I had this piece of lingerie when oh. I was in college, and it went missing one time. And I'm like, oh, my God. I think I must have left it at I home over winter it. break. I, it's not my door. I can't ask my mom to, like, go in my door and be like, where is this? And then, mm, somehow <laughs> – Oh, because Facebook albums, a picture pops up in a Facebook album of Sarah out for Halloween with her sorority sisters, and everyone's, like, hands on hip. And I'm like, the uh, bus line on that top looks a little familiar. I, I, I know. I did take it. And I used to live with Catherine. I would, like, sneak take her stuff. And Catherine was very much like, this is my stuff. That's your stuff. Oldest child. Whereas I was like, what's yours is mine. What's mine is mine. So I would go and I would, like, sneak and take stuff for I really wasn't a good roommate. So anyway, she's gone from wearing like Victoria's Secret, literally like sexy things. Yeah, to like going a, funny. Funny is always like better. a teddy. And now, yeah, and funny the Fifty Shades better. of Gandalf Grey. That was funny. A lot of people didn't get that. Yeah. So I, I think I resonate with Miranda because I wouldn't have been able to pick a costume. I am probably the most like Charlotte in which I wear a costume and nobody gets it because yeah. I've underdone it. Yes, it's just exactly what happened. Like. Yes. Charlotte was wearing jeans and a sweater and saying she was Elizabeth Jennings. And like, yeah. I mean, she, when you look worked. at it element by element, but her, she did, you know, she didn't commit enough. Um, in this episode, what was the most unrealistic aspect of it? Like a moment where you're like, that's, this is our new chime of like, this just doesn't make sense. Oh, it's not going to happen. God. Um, I have mine ready to go. I kind of asked oh, it. Mine. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a tech CEO asking Carrie to type in code on his laptop. Oh, I think he was joking about whether she knew Python. Well, obviously I knew that, but even the fact that he would have a stranger he just met touch his laptop, be doing anything about it, it felt unrealistic to me. Well, why doesn't that man have an assistant? <laughs> Um, the most unrealistic part to me, in addition to that plot point, was the fact that he was messaging over a slide deck, <laughs> a digital slide deck, and he forgot to messenger it over. I don't understand what they were going to do with it. Wait, this is so like true. when dad like, prints out an article so he can scan it to send you it as a PDF pile. And like, it was already on the internet. You could have just sent me the link. Like, let's cut right. out the middleman here. This, this was very, like, like I boomer think, writers not understanding. understanding. Yeah, like this, is, it, this is like Congress yeah. deciding like, to at, write technology. And, and they're like, Mark Zuckerberg, he's like, do you know how the internet works? <laughs> no, because he doesn't. Yeah, the whole thing like, oh, but like, if, is, is, is it connected to the home Wi-Fi? It's like, yeah. That's so <laughs> is great. TikTok connected to the home Wi-Fi? So like oh that that felt very unrealistic. The bicyclist who doesn't know how to brake. That was, was sir. That please. was absolutely it. Um, 
the declined credit card. I mean, I get they, that they were building up to a, you know, first impressions aren't aren't accurate thing, but he's I didn't get that. clumsy, poor, and gay. No, he's not. Yeah. He is distinguished, rich, and with a, par- yeah. with a partner, yeah. The scene, there was a scene missing from this episode for me. What was it? Um, so when they go to the bar, like Seema goes off with Penis Pump Man, Carrie meets no one, and is just kind of sitting there. And Naya has this like Tay Diggs looking guy yeah. come check her out. And they like clearly spend the night. She leaves the next day. She's got, you know, some swagger in her stuff. She's got that I just got laid feeling. Where was that sex? I know. I know. And the show is so close to having these. Because originally we said these, each each character has their own emotional support. Emotional support per minority. Of color. And now these characters are finally getting their own plot points. But we're like, ooh, we just missed it. Yeah. What happened with Naya? Well, and I just feel like Naya has the opportunity to be what I wish Miranda was, which is a self-actualized lawyer who's, who's exploring her sex life. Yes. With I don't care who you're exploring it with, but have some kind of good sex I know. Whilst maintaining who you are. And we just missed that part of it. Like, yes. how many scenes of Che's fucking hairy legs have I had to suffer through? And I, I wanted I wanted to see that guy naked. Oh, yeah. That guy was, that was very, me. very beautiful. You mentioned something last night, and I didn't get the reference. Hmm. So we we did say this. We were talking about this, that you like LTW. I and, do. And Ollie thinks that she's the best part of the show. He has and, a crush, yeah. And we, we said this last week that we think that could be its own spinoff. Yes. They're interesting characters. They have an interesting family. Oh, that the reference, yeah. Yeah, so at the end, because when they're at the Halloween party, Party, LTW is dressed up as, as Frankenstein's wife, and he, um, uh, Herb, Herb, Herbie, Herbert, Herbert yeah. does not come in a costume because yeah. he's going to be comptroller, yeah. yada yada. So, so she says. First of all, I they clearly would have done a couple's costume, so this was a little bit of a mismatch. Like if she's Frankenstein's wife, he would have been Frankenstein. And it would have been perfect. George Washington, right? That's yeah. fine. But she goes, oh, you didn't put on the Washington costume. I laid out for you. The joke there is. Um, Oh my god, I'm totally blanking on his actor name, but he played Washington in Hamilton. That's how he's famous. Okay. Yeah. So when he came out in the like George Washington top no bottoms, I think that's his costume from Hamlet or Hamilton. Again, this show is so meta. But that is a true like I think you know, middle America, maybe again, not the Oklahomians in in Times Square, maybe not getting it, but a lot of New York East Coast people watching it are, are going to get that because that show his show is so famous and that's why he's famous. He's a he's a singer. Okay. He's a Broadway performer. Yeah. Okay, great. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not see Hamilton. Yeah. I don't you didn't like watch it on Disney Plus. I don't like musicals. Oh, it's really good though. But I, I don't I won't watch people okay. sing. Well he I, I think I love their dynamic and yes. I thought his thing of um you know, you're a comptroller, but you can't control me. That was lame. But then don't touch my hair. I'm like, wow, that was funny. It was sexy. It was cute. It is an appropriate nod to Black sexual culture. dynamics yeah. in black culture. Yeah. I yeah. Again, we like LTW. We like I, I just love her. I, love I like her. him. I just she's just so fabulous. Um was there any fashion that stood out? The the point that you made before about Carrie not taking risks yeah. and showing her body, interesting. And I totally yeah. agree. She looks amazing. Well, she always does. Yeah. She, and she looks impeccable, but she used to have fashion misses. Everything now, maybe it's not something every woman would wear, but the kind of, she had the plaid shirt with a tasteful bra for like mm-hmm. the hookup scene and the long skirt. It's not what I would wear, but she looks great. Yeah. Um, her Helen Gurley Brown thing. Yeah. Looks great. She's yeah. not taking any risks. The... Miranda continues to look like she's, you know, swathing herself in someone's old curtains. She, like, <laughs> she just looks awful. She just looks so awful. I know. It's hard to look at her. She just looks tired. And, and maybe, it's not, it's she, not an ageism thing, but she just look yeah, and I guess, and maybe, like, maybe she's that good of an actress that the, mm-hmm. you know, emotional drain is showing on her face, but she doesn't look happy to be there. I don't, maybe Cynthia Nixon isn't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the run for governor just drained her financially. She's like, I gotta fucking do this. Yeah, show. yeah. Um, the some of the fashion that stood out to me was, mm, yeah. I, and I loved Seema's all white outfit in the beginning. I like a <gasps> yes. monochrome look. I thought she looked yes. really beautiful with the glasses. And then randomly, when Naya and Miranda are talking at Columbia, Naya is wearing this like really cool beige fleece coat with a turtleneck and earrings. Yeah, I like when there's not. I like when the looks are semi attainable. Mm-hmm. It's not like too high fashion. It's just like, oh, that's normal clothing, but kind of elevated. Mm-hmm. And then um, do, 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 Carrie had some great coats on. Because now that it's like fall, we've got some coats. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple. And I'm I'll trying to remember what she was wearing when she got not hit by the bike. When she stood in a bike lane and a bicyclist crashed. I think it was that. Was it that plaid coat? Uh, yeah. I think she had a nice coat a on. Coat. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Some product placements. We've got Wordle mentioned again. We have Citarella mentioned. Mm-hmm. We have Ralph Lauren mentioned. Um, 
again, it was interesting what you said about Sarah Jessica Parker wanting to prove like she's a real New York. She's showing her bona fides. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got. I'm trying to think. Is that it for this episode? Wait, wait. <laughs> this is so funny. No, I'll probably cut this out. But no. the this is the one quote that I had from the episode. The final version of the app deck is due in two days. <laughs> that is a boomer non tech. They writing just don't understand tech. anything. I know. Also, who is it due? Yeah, to? what is you're going your on? own boss? Um, okay, so I think um, yeah. What do we what do we think? What do you think about rating this episode? Out of bucket hats, out of bucket hats, five out? rock bucket hats. It's so challenging because my experience of watching all of these is so excruciating that I'm like they're all ones right but like compared to the other compared to like if the if the bar the bar is I I, I don't know I gotta change the bar right like I if know. five is old sex in the city this is a one but if a five is we don't the know. worst episode of like season one of old sex in the city was it two and a half? Yeah, I, I thought this was this was they've this season. This is the only nice thing I can say has gotten a little bit better every episode. It has gotten a little bit better. For next week's episode, Aiden is kind of brought up back in topics. We know that Aiden is is coming. We know that is like I think poor John Corbett. I I know. But did you read that the New York Times profile of him? No, but I'm sure you did. Tell me all about it. Fascinating guy. He did not want to be pigeonholed by Aiden, but now he's like, whatever, I've got a great life. It's provided me a lot. I live with my wife, Bo Derek. We live out in California. I don't work a lot and it's okay and I'm back to play Aiden. (laughs) It was just like- I think that's great. Yeah, he's very chill. yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good profile of, of him as a as an actor. But I'm gonna give this a I'm gonna give this one a three. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. I think again, I we What has Gilly been rating these? I feel like I need to lowball. So it's been interesting. She gave last week a three and I was a two point five, but I was gonna go for a three and like and Jason has said because he noticed he's like, I your rating system is very influential. So now I've had to like write it down. Well, but you're an empath. <laughs> so I'm always like, you're right, Gilly. I'm wrong. I'm just going to say, and you, what I now do is I write it down. And I gave this one a three. Um, but yeah, but next week we're, I think, I don't know. We're, we're talking about Carrie's grief. We've got Aiden coming back. And Miranda and Steve, we're, we're hoping to get a showdown about this brownstone and figure out what's going on in that relationship. Yeah. I think we brought, we talked about this a little bit last night. It's sort of like, do you because you asked me last night, do you think there's a chance they could mm-hmm. get back together? And I said yes, and you were so up in arms <gasps> well, because no. you don't think they are. But I, I think they're, I think the writers are positioning it as a maybe. It's, it's the revenge body, and it's the this doesn't come off like remember <laughs> with this wedding ring. I don't know if it's off now. I didn't see his hands. Yeah, they. I wonder if he was always in shape, but. He looks great, and we loved that scene with him, you know. I don't know if the actor who plays Steve loved how he came off the first season, because he seemed addled. <laughs> he did. So I think now he's like, listen, come on. I, I work out. I work I'm out. deaf, but I work out. <laughs> um, yeah, so any final thoughts about the show, the season, um, what you, predictions, what you hope? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like watching a car crash. Um, right. And just like that, I can't stop watching it. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the same thing that draws me to the dash cam videos. <laughs> um, know. you know, the style is still great. I'm, I'm sticking with it, but really I'm, I'm a fan of the pod, not the show at this point. Well, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. And, um, guys, if there's any sound issues or anything, I'll take the blame. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Gilly, I hope this, I hope this sounds good. Um, yeah, well, buy our little, I don't know what. Don't be a pushover. <laughs> why, do you, why are you calling me a pushover? <laughs> Take that part out. <laughs> I may edit that out. I may not. <laughs> that part out. You can do this. I believe in your idea. Okay. All right. Uh, buy our little... I don't know. What slide is- decks. <laughs> buy our little slide deck app moguls. Bye.